This is the Jason Jones Show, powered by Mudhouse Media. Now, here's Jason Jones. Aloha, everybody, and welcome to the Jason Jones Show. I am your host, Jason Jones, broadcasting from the west side of Oahu, and we have a show for you today. But before I get to who our guest is, I just would like to thank you. Uh, Our show is doubling in size about every week. Our audience is doubling in size every week. And to help us continue to grow, there's four things you can do for us. Number one is hit that subscribe button. Number two is give us five stars. Three, write a comment. And four, support uh, our sponsoring organization, Movie to Movement. And the best way to do that is to go to our our Movie to Movement's project, thegreatcampaign.org, and make a donation. Any donation over $20, you get a free copy of my book, The Race to Save Our Century. If you can do more than 20, do more because 20 is our exact cost of the book, the shipping, and the packaging, okay? So my guest today is my dear friend, and he's also uh, someone I look up to, Eduardo Verastegui. I first met him in early 2006 in Mexico City. We've, become, we've been friends ever since. Our first project together was the movie Bella and then Little Boy, and we made films together like Crescendo and worked on For Greater Glory. He was in Mall Cop 2. But the reason I love Eduardo is because how public he is, and he is and has been committed to sharing his fame and sharing his life with the vulnerable. And not just on the movie sets, but in life. He's come with me to Sudan. Eduardo and I have visited prisons together, even spent time on death row together. Uh, and we're going to talk about our adventures around the world. Uh, serving the vulnerable. But before we get to that, before we get to, you know, Eduardo's past, his conversion, we're going to talk about all of that, some of the work we've done from Hollywood to Sudan together. He's going to share with you about what's happening on May 31st. On May 31st at 1 p.m. Central Time, Eduardo is, is working together with many other people to put together what will be the largest um, community prayer group in history on Facebook. And so we want you to know all about that. So that's why Eduardo's here today. But listen till the end, because the adventures, we get into some of the adventures as the show progresses. This episode is being brought to you by Movie to Movement and the Vulnerable, and Movie to Movement's Vulnerable People Project. Here we go. Eduardo Verastegui on The Jason Jones Show. Eduardo Verastegui, welcome to the Jason Jones Show. Jason Jones, hermano del alma. How are you, brother? I'm good, brother. It's great talking to you. Always great talking to you, hermano. So, brother, you don't do small things. You do big. There's so much I want to talk to you about because you and I have had some beautiful adventures together. And one day maybe we can do a show on that or slip it in today. But it's been filling up my social media thread that on May 13th, you prayed the rosary with over, your goal was 50,000 people. I don't even know how many you, you what you reached. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was really a beautiful miracle because, um, you know, I'm in Mexico City right now. Uh, I was traveling around the world on February, the beginning of March. And then the first week of March, that's when I heard, okay, this is serious. 
and uh, and I have to choose where should I go? Should I go to Tamaulipas, where I'm from? You know, northern Mex- northern Mexico, where my parents are. Should I go to Miami, where my sister Alejandra is? Should I go to uh, Los Angeles, where my sister Daniela is? Or or should I stay in Mexico City alone? What should I do? And I was really like discerning like what to do, and then I decided to stay in Mexico City alone. I didn't want to put my parents into a you know a risk, you know, and uh, neither my sister. So I thought I'm gonna stay in Mexico City. And the first two weeks. Uh, Jason, it was really hard because I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know what kind of a routine I was going to uh, have, you know, working from home. And But then on the third week, that everything started. So you're started, talking you know, about the, the shutdown. So when you heard that we're the, you're going to be locked down, you had to choose where yeah. you were going to go. And so the first couple exactly. weeks were hard. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah, I'm talking about the shutdown. And then uh, so I decided to stay uh, locked down, you know, uh, stay, you know, inside of, my house, you know, in, uh, uh, in Mexico City, and uh, so on the third week, that's when I I, I start like, okay, now uh, I understand what's going on. I think I'm gonna be working from my home now. I'm gonna turn my home into a gym, into a, a school, into a house of prayer, into a, I'm just gonna turn this into a training gym for become the best version of yourself, and that's what I started doing. Then many things happened. The first one was like, okay, so I'm very fortunate. I have a place where to sleep, I have uh, you know, I have clothes, I have food, I have everything, thanks be to God. But hold on a second, um, 80% of my friends in Mexico, talking about my friends, my Mexican friends, my Mexican people, you know, um, they are going to stay locked down in their home too, but they don't have a, you know, they, they, they work day by day, they don't have credit cards, no bank accounts, no savings, um, seven people living in one home, uh, no social media, no communication. How in the world are they gonna? How are they gonna make it? You know, how are they gonna make it happen? So then I talked to Caritas, which is an amazing organization, worldwide organization, Catholic organization, and in Mexico they uh, they are doing something like literally wonderful. So I started working with them, uh, donating. Uh, how do you say dispensas in English? It's like when you have a box of basic food, like you know, rice, beans, oil, milk. Yeah, we're doing we're bread, do, we're you know? yeah we're doing the same thing in Hawaii. So yeah, the necessities of life. You're just putting together the necessity a- of life. Yes, exactly. So we started this campaign because uh, so we can give to uh, the most vulnerable families in Mexico uh, the bread that they need to have in their table. So there's no one table in Mexico without bread. And but after three weeks working with them, then I thought, what else I can do besides. Uh, this and besides, you know, talking to my family, besides working from home, besides, you know, working out, besides, you know, studying and reading. Praying, you're praying. What's the best thing I can do? I said, well, of course, pray. But then I thought, what if I just, you know, because when you pray, you pray by yourself or, with your, or, or you know, along or with your family or with your friends. But I never, never experienced uh, what I did that day on March 21st. I was on Instagram Live and I said, hey, uh, friends, Tomorrow is Sunday, so church starts close, and we are going to go to Mass on uh, Internet. So we're going to receive spiritual communion. Do you want to pray a rosary tomorrow and live on my Facebook? Brother, I said 100 people were going to show up. Now, 100 people is better than just me praying by myself, right? 100 is amazing. I said, if 100 people show up and pray the rosary, this is a miracle. 10,000 people show up. We prayed the rosary with 10,000 people that day. I got scared. I was like, oh my gosh, what's going on here? It's like <laughs> a big, uh, uh, a little, you know, like a stadium here praying with me, the rosary. I mean, that's a stadium. The- that's a stadium. Yeah, that's, uh, 
indoor arena for sure. Exactly. And then, uh, then I, it's supposed to be only one day, but then I thought, hold on a second. This is like a, this is so many graces and blessings for everyone here. Do you want to do this tomorrow? Yes. So we did it tomorrow, the next day. And then the next day, 10,000, 10,000, 9,000, 12,000, 10,000. Next thing you, next thing you know, I told him, listen, why don't we, if we put goals and, and, you know, challenges in our life, uh, you're going to demand yourself to do something better. So how about in 10 days? May 13, 50,000 people. That's a real stadium, you know, a big stadium. Can you imagine a big stadium full of people with their rosaries in their hands, praying to God, uh, praying to our Blessed Mother for her protection and intercession, intercession, and asking God to end this pandemic, praying for family, praying for world peace, and praying for life. Should we do it? Yes, let's do it. I was very nervous because 10 days is nothing. We didn't do any press except for like two interviews and uh, a day before. And so, Eduardo, can I ask you about that before we get to whether you got the 50,000? You're a movie producer. You're a movie star. You have publicists and managers. When you're telling them you want to pray the rosary every day on your Instagram, do they say don't do that? That's going to be unusual? Or what did they say? Did, did you have any? Well, you know, uh, maybe from my team uh the team that works with me you know between you know publishers and managers and you know and lawyers etc i didn't really ask them they find out <laughs> <laughs> it was it was like uh it was very spontaneous i mean yeah I so you didn't know it was going to be it just happened you were like oh i'll do this and the next thing you know and now it's a thing that the whole world's talking exactly. about i mean i'm getting so, people in poland but, were emailing me about it yeah, so that when they find out, of course, they call me, uh, this is just one day, right? I mean, this is just uh, something you want to do that on Sunday, right? And I said, well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I just, I know that I have to do it tomorrow again. I said, but really? I mean, this is, it's not, it's, it should be like more personal. He said, brother, there is nothing more important than praying. Nothing. The only thing that I'm, I mean, I have done a lot of movies. I mean, not a lot, but you, you have been involved in, in, in some of those movies, Jason, you know, like Bella and Little Boy and, I have done other other projects, and I'm telling you, I'm very proud of those projects. But I'm sure when I'm dying on my uh, bed before I, I pass away, I'm going to remember as one of my favorite moments when we were all locked down in the world. I was in my knees next to our Lady Guadalupe with my rosary in my hand, praying with thousands of people from all over the world. There's nothing better than that. After the sacrament, this is the most important thing in my life right now. So please share up. <laughs> I said what I told my kids. And then, so uh, when they, so I mean, they Eduardo, can I do like a, I want to do like a little, like just a pause for a second in brackets because the, my audience is really growing. It's, it's kind of scary. Um, I did not know the show would grow so fast. And we have a huge audience in the Middle East. I would say not even half our audience is Catholic. Um, so here you are, you're a movie star. You're in the middle of the lockdown. You're like, I'm going to, I'm going to read. I'm going to work out. I'm going to, this is going to be a time for me to relax. And like you said, focus on yourself. But then you realized as Rick Warren said, I thought was beautiful. We're all in the same storm, but we're in different boats. So then it dawned on you. I'm going to, I'm in a battleship in my country. There's so many people, so many families, so many friends their boats might get sunk. So then you realized this, this was going to change, that this wasn't going to be a peaceful retreat. You got involved with Caritas. 
Now you're going to pray. For people who aren't Catholic, you know, to me as a Catholic, I see this as so beautiful as something you're doing for the Blessed Virgin Mary, for Our Lady of Guadalupe. Can you mind, do you mind telling people about why we as Catholics pray the rosary and why the Virgin Mary is important to us? Because not not, not only that, Jason, but let me tell you something which actually, uh, we have a friend in common, you know, Anthony, who's Muslim. And I have a lot of friends who are uh, evangelicals who they don't pray the rosary. And actually, I have a lot of friends uh, that actually, they don't believe it. They don't believe in the power of prayer. And guess what? Because they're my friends. I, I told them, guys, uh, I want to invite you to uh, show up that day when I'm praying the rosary. You can pray in your own way. And if you don't pray, at least you can unite your good intentions with us because you want the same thing right now. We want, we want to go out to normal life, but more human, more, you know, more full of God. So if, if you believe that uh, we should end this pandemic and, and you have good intentions, why don't you unite your good intentions with us? And, and Anthony, you pray uh, in a different way. But you want the same thing. You're going to ask God to end, to end this pandemic. Why don't you just unite your prayer with us? Let's be all together as one family. Me as a Catholic, I'm going to pray the rosary. But let's be together as one family. And let's all unite our desire, our dream, asking God to please end this pandemic so we can uh, go back to normal life, but different. Uh, we, we cannot go back outside, Jason, the same. This pandemic should... Uh, transform ourselves and we should become the best uh we should go out as our best version of ourselves otherwise it was what a waste uh, of an opportunity to be locked down and instead of coming out as a better person and if you come out as worse than before some something is wrong and, and i don't want that to happen to me to my family or to any of the people who are uh, uh you know who are out there locked down i want everyone to to take this as, as an opportunity to be a to turn this tragedy and turn this uh, crisis into the best opportunity of their life you know, to become the best person of themselves, you know? I sat my family down about six weeks ago and said that when this lockdown ends, we're going we're gonna to have years of disciplined hard work for our community, that we want to be a freer country, a more prosperous country, a healthier country, and a more secure country. Because there are all these voices saying we're going to be less free, less secure, less prosperous, less healthy. No, that's not the deal. The opposite. Freer, healthier, more secure, and more prosperous. I'm telling you, I I see this. uh, My house right now is like, uh, how do you call uh, in English when a a soldier is training in uh, a It's a barracks. It's your barracks. Exactly. Eduardo's in the barracks. I'm turning my house into that right now. And I, I want to just, you know, when this thing is finished, I, I know that God is preparing me for something bigger that is coming. And this should be the best training of your life uh, in every area. And uh, and if you see it like that, then it becomes, uh, of course, we have to, uh, you know, I'm saying this in a very positive way. I have friends that passed away because of COVID-19. I have very uh, close people and, and, and brother, it's, it's painful. My parents are very scared. They're locked down and, and in, a, in an area where there is a lot of damage, you know. So uh, don't take me wrong. I pray for those who passed away of coronavirus for their eternal peace and consolation and peace for their family. And I pray for, I have a doctor right now and a few other friends who are right now very sick because of the coronavirus in hospitals, praying for them. And their families are not happy, of course. You know, they're, they're in pain. They're crying. They're suffering. Uh, but, you know, at the end of the day, I believe that uh, God allow 
allows everything to happen for those who love him. Even though it's very hard to understand this, and sometimes it's like doesn't make any sense. Our 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 view is very limited. You know, our we're very limited. Uh, I don't know if you use this is how you said limited. Like you, you can't see the big picture sometimes. You know, and that's how that's why we have to see everything with the eyes of faith. Otherwise, nothing makes sense. You know, but uh, all I'm saying is like at least for me, what calms me down, what brings me peace in the middle of the storm, is it, my everyday rosary. Uh, my everyday prayer, my faith is what really saved me from these uh, uh, moments of sometimes when fear comes and tries to, uh, you know, uh, seduce you. When I pray, I kill my ego so I can do God's will. And that's the most important for me. When I pray, I kill my ego so I can do God's will. Yeah, and when we as Catholics, I, and when we as Catholics pray, I want to make it clear <laughs> to Muslims and, and, and Protestant Christians and Jews we know Mary's a creature. She's Jesus's mother. We're meditating on the life of Christ, praying to God with with His mother. Um, yeah, we're but not, not only that, Jason. I was meditating today in my rosary, uh, everyday rosary, light on my Facebook. That that the rosary why is so important because you pray with every single uh, area of your of, of who you are. For example, you're holding the beads. You're using your hands. You're using your voice every single time that you said "Hail Mary," full of grace. The Lord is with thee. Right. Then you're using your mind when you're meditating on the mysteries of Christ, the life of Christ, our Savior. So everything, your heart, your hands, your voice, your mind, your soul, the entire, that's why it's so hard to pray the rosary because uh, I, I have ADD, you know. <laughs> when I'm meditating, then I'm, I'm thinking about something else. Well, then come back. So it's an exercise. It's, it's and yeah, but a lot of Protestants, a, a lot of people don't understand that the rosary is really all about Jesus Christ. It's his, it's his whole life. So you're... When you pray the decades of the rosary, you're, you're, you're focusing your mind on the life of Christ. I mean, it, it, we're, talking about, we're talking about 20 mysteries. It, it, the entire, in, the, in those 20 mysteries, which is the four rosaries, you meditate the entire life of Jesus Christ, the most important events of Jesus Christ in your mind. Can you, can you imagine meditating for like, for like 20, 30 minutes? Why, why, at, at, at the same time you're meditating, you are repeating words from your heart. Remember, it's very important to understand this. Repeating words from your mouth to the air, it's vain. It, it, it's nothing. It's like, that's why Jesus was so mad with the Pharisees when they were like just repeating words, right? But the same, the same Jesus who, were, who was very mad because these guys were just, you know, um, you know, just repeating words from his mouth, is the same Jesus who, when he went to Gethsemane, for the, third, for the third time, he went back and he repeated the same words. So that means repetition from the mouth to the air is that repetition from the heart, because you love God, it's very profound. So when you're repeating the Hail Mary and meditating on the life of Jesus with the rhythm of Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee, the brain comes down and opens. So then you're thinking about Jesus while you're saying these beautiful words that actually come from the Bible. The A lot of people said, don't understand yeah. that. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of people don't understand that the first part of the Hail Mary was composed by God the Father and God the Holy Spirit. Because Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee, came out from the mouth of Gabriel, the archangel. And archangels are messengers of God, which means what he said to her came directly from God the Father. So And then you say the Our Father, which came from the second person of the Trinity on how to pray. Exactly, which is oh. the prayer of all Christians, you know, the Our Father. Yeah. 
But hold on, the second part of the first part of the, of the Hail Mary, Hail Mary full of grace, the Lord is with thee, blessed are thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Who said that part? Elizabeth, her cousin. And if you read in the Bible, before she said that, there is one phrase that says, and she was full of the Holy Spirit. So she was inspired by the Holy Spirit when she said those words. So can you imagine those words are full of grace, full of blessings. They're very powerful words when you, when you pray those words with your heart, with love, with open heart, meditating on Jesus Christ, with your hands, with your voice, with your mind, with your heart, all together. Brother, it's so powerful. And it represents the five, the five ministers of the rosary. For me, it's like, it's like a, it's the weapon of poor people. Because you can take everything for poor people. Everything. You can take anything you want. As long as you don't take the faith, hope, and love in God. And the rosary in their hands. Do you remember, brother, when you, when you and I were in Sudan and all of the Christians there, even the non-Catholics, were wearing rosaries around their neck? Do you remember that? That was beautiful. That was amazing. But you know what? It's something very beautiful that I want to share, too, about the rosary. Uh, before I shared that we broke the internet with so many rosaries and not only we <laughs> yeah, broke that's what the goal, but we it. had 200,000 people playing the rosary that day and the internet shut down four times. But anyway, before I, I, I share this with you, the, the rosary represents the five stones of David when he killed uh, Goliath. Remember when he went to the river and he uh, picked up five stones and then he had his, uh, la onda, a little weapon, Weapon that he had? The sling. sling uh, slingshot. Exactly. So it, it, it's the form is like the rosary. My mistress is the five stones. And remember, he looked at Goliath and he said, uh, you know, he, he didn't kill him because of his own power. We know that. He killed him because he put his faith in God. So he used natural means like the stones. And he used only one stone. I think the, only, the other four was just in, was just in case, you know. Uh, but the first one, boom, killed. So right now we're facing many Goliaths. How do you say Goliath? Goliath, right? Goliath. So we, we're facing right now many Goliaths. One is the pandemic. There is many more. Famine. You know, but exactly. But now we have the five mysteries, the five stones. We have the, uh, the rosary. If we, and we, there is natural means. So if we put our faith in God, here we go. We, that's our weapon. To destroy any Goliath we're facing right now. If we put our faith in God, of course. Yeah, that's, that's beautiful. And, you know, when you think about it, Eduardo, and that's why I wanted to have you on, your goal was 50,000. I didn't know what you got. You just said you did 200,000. So much more beautiful yeah. than to do it the way you did it rather than in a stadium because these were people from every corner of the planet Earth coming together to pray oh, together in the midst of what's really the worst part about this COVID-19 has been the division it's created in families among friends. You know, how should we respond? Wear masks, don't wear masks, social distancing. People, friendships, families are being ripped apart by yeah. this. And so um, now we have hunger. We're, now the World Food Program it said over 200 million now, they think, will starve to death this year because of the shutdown. So for us Christians and for people of goodwill, everyone listening, our work is going to begin when the world opens up. It's going to be... Uh, we're going to have to mobilize our will, our hearts, our minds, our bank accounts, everything to serve the vulnerable. And so now you did this 200,000, Eduardo, on May 13th, the anniversary of Fatima. Yeah. But in a week, mm -hmm. less than a week now, 
On May 31st, you have a new goal. Yes. But you know what? I was, I was, I was playing the rosary every day on my Facebook Live and YouTube Live. And I shared with them, listen, uh, on May 31st is, uh, uh, is the end of the month, May. May is, uh, is a Mary, our blessed Mother Mary month. My birthday was May 21st as well. Um, so it's a very important month. And I want to do something special on May 31st at 1 o'clock Mexico City time, live on my social media. And let's put a new goal. And I was not even thinking. I said 1 million rosaries. Why not? But hold on a second. If this happens, it's a miracle. I mean, humanly is impossible. This is, just, this is just in 10 days. Now, if you become ambassadors, I was talking to my audience, right? If you become ambassadors of the rosary and you help me and you send invitations to everyone and you share uh, this video and your own videos, and then you can share your own video saying why, you know, how faith helps you in the middle of the, uh, in the, middle of the storm, how a rosary helps you in the middle of the crisis. And then, and, and, and then say, 31st, I invite you to uh, pray the rosary, one million rosaries. If we all together work hard, we can see this miracle. Can you imagine? We're talking about not one stadium there, brother. We're talking about like, I don't know, 40 stadiums all together, all over the world, different corners, all united in prayer, asking God again for the end of this pandemic, world peace, for family, for life, and for our own personal intentions. I think it's going to be very powerful, man. And this is going to be in less than a week now. I mean, actually, one week from now, next Sunday. So um, if you're listening to me right now, and if you believe in the power of prayer, if you're Catholic, pray the rosary with us. If you're not, just be there with us as a family. We're brothers. We're in this together. And, and the family who stay together, stays together, the family who prays together stays together. And we have uh, one enemy in common, and we want to defeat this enemy that somehow it's been, uh, you know, because of that coronavirus, whatever, we all, you know, we lost family members. Um, we lost our jobs. A lot of people um, don't even have food. A lot of people in the world. And we want to finish this and, and as soon as possible. And, of course, we, we accept God's will, whatever that is. But I think God wants uh, us back more human, more generous than before, more uh, loving people than before. And hopefully we will be a better soldier for God so we can, be, so we, we can uh, you know, make this world a better place, Jason. That's my, that's my goal, become the best version of myself. I, I want to I wanna just ask God to help me so I can, to help me to love more. I ask God every day to help me to help more, to serve more, to judge less, actually to judge nothing, <laughs> and, to, uh, and, and just you know, to be uh, an instrument of service. In his hands, as more Teresa said, uh, a life that is not being used to serve others is a waste of life, and I don't want to waste my life, man. And I, and prayer is very important. I think the best, the best way you you can invest your time, um, because when you invest your time with God, there's nothing better than that. You, you, there's no waste of time there, and of course, of course, the consequences of investing your time with God in prayer, it's when you. Um, incarnate the love that you have for God to others in concrete action. Yeah, we need to, I, I have shame that I don't pour myself out enough, you know, that we, we are all, if you're listening to this podcast, we're, we've been blessed with better boats than most people in the world. 
if you're if most likely if you're listening to this podcast, we have some nice boats. Um, and you know, one of the most powerful things I ever heard in my life, Eduardo, was when you we've had some adventures. I've been with you on the front lines no, of brother. war in Sudan. Share, you, Jason, can you share a few stories? Because uh, I'm sure many of the uh, people who are listening to us, many of our brothers and sisters who are listening to us right now, they 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 don't know how much uh, we go way back. You know, uh, I just want, before you say something, I just want to tell tell share just one story. Okay. Uh, when I made a promise to God that I would never use my talents to do anything, anything that would offend my faith, my family, or my Latino culture, I was 28 years. I was 28 at that time, and 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 for 10 years before that. I, I'm just going to share this really quick. I, I'm from Mexico, and I started singing in a boy band when I was 19 years old. Well, for two and a half years. We were three singers, pop music, you know, traveling all over Latin America. Then I started doing soap operas in Mexico. Back in the days, if you want to make a living, as, you know, if you want to be, if you want to be an actor, and you, if you want to, if you want to make a living as an actor, you don't have, you didn't have so many options. Back in the days, you either do soap operas or soap operas, and that's what I did for almost three years. Then I moved to Miami, the capital of Latin America, and I went back to music. Then I met someone uh, on a plane who was a casting director, and he invited me to do an audition for uh, a movie, for a movie called Chasing Papi with Sofia Vergara, Rosalind Sanchez, Jackie Velasquez. At that time, I didn't speak English very well. I only knew how to count and a few other words, but he said, don't worry, you know, 90% of the film, Eduardo, you are going to be sleeping. So I did the audition. I got the part. After I made the film, 10 years of working really hard, uh, I was very confused because in one hand, I thought I had everything. In the other hand, I had nothing. It was very empty. Something was missing in my life. And I met this wonderful lady, my English teacher, who changed my life. Uh, she started using the Socratic method, asking me questions like, Eduardo, what is the purpose of your life? How are you using your talent? What do you want to gain in your life? Who is God in your life? Many questions, like, like hundreds of questions for like one year. And Eduardo, you know that there is many Mexicans living in the United States, and it's very sad that many people in America think that you guys are a threat to the democracy of this country because they think that you guys are what we see in film or television, the negative stereotypes. And very few times we see Latinos having uh, the opportunity of being of being heroes, but not heroes like Superman or Spider-Man, but the everyday hero. And um, so when I look back, I saw that actually I was part of the stereotype. I was part of the uh, negative stereotype and when i realized because of her how much media influence how people think that's when i made that promise and after i made the promise that i that i will never use my talents to be involved in anything that will offend my latino culture again my faith or my family jason you know the story i ended up not working for four years and i lost everything and when i lost everything actually i found everything i was very very uh, uh i feel the wealthiest man in the world when i didn't even have money to pay for my rent but but I feel free, not because I, I just want to make sure that it was a lot of jobs out there, a lot of opportunities, but every single offer was exactly about the things that I promised I would never do. So I had to, I had to turn them down until I met Alejandro Monteverde, a filmmaker from uh, Tamaulipas, from my state as well, and Leo Severino. And the three of us, we started this company called Metanoia Films with one mission, to make films that will have the potential not only to entertain, but hopefully to make a difference in people's lives. Then we met Sean Walkington, who financed the first uh, few stages of our company. And then we met Jason Jones. And that's how our life uh, uh, adventure story begins. Because of Jason Jones, when we finished our first movie, Bella, 
that was the first movie that I that I had to uh, act and produce at the same time with Alejandro Monteverde, Leo Sabino, and Sean Wilkinson. We were facing a big challenge. Uh, nobody wanted this film. Not this. I mean, we we knocked the doors of every we knocked every single door in Hollywood. Nobody was interested. Then we wanted to send the film to the Toronto Film Festival, and our agency said, "No, no, no, no. This is a very little film. Don't waste your don't waste your time." You should send it to a Latino Film Festival. And I said, no, we don't want to send it to a Latino, uh, Latino Film Festival because we don't want to tell Latinos that we are good. You know, we want to share with people who doesn't know who we are, who really, who we really are. And that's why we want to send it to Toronto because Toronto is international. I want to sh- share to the whole world the beauty of the Latino community. No, 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 this is a very little film. Anyway, so they thought we went crazy. We send it to Toronto. And in 2006, uh, Bella won the Toronto Film Festival, People's Choice Award. But then the challenge was, we need money to distribute these movies. And Jason was the instrument that got used to raise all the money that we needed so we can come, so we can come out in theaters. Uh, the movie came out in 25 countries. And I'm telling you, yes, it was amazing that the movie won the People's Choice Award. It was amazing that the movie came out in 25 countries. It was amazing that the movie won many awards, but the most important thing for us, for Jason and for me, and that's why I'm so grateful with our friendship brother and your generosity. Uh, I am very grateful because this little film changed the life of so many people, including our own lives. But the best part of Bella is emails, the phone calls, the letters, social media messages of young women that back in the days, they were pregnant. And they scheduled to have an abortion. And after Simbella, by the grace of God, changed their minds and kept their babies. Till today, I lost the, you know, I lost the number, but last time I think you and I, Pop Jason, were like 7,000. Yeah, thousands of children. We stopped counting. Right now. Yeah. And I just cut another one this week, Eduardo, for Crescendo, a social worker, um, a social worker in New York emailed me. Uh, a client of her said, I have no, I have no reason to be a mother and every reason to choose abortion. And she said there was another woman like that. Uh, and, and she sent her the link to crescendo and the girl chose life. That's amazing. brother. I mean, just, but you know, 7,000 great one life, Jason, yeah. you know, you and I know one life. It's, it's the whole effort that we all did to say only one life. You know, that life in itself would be all worth it because life is like sacred. It's not an accident. It's a gift from God. That life would be yours, your life, my life. How much is your life? There's no price. Priceless. Thanks be to God. More is more than one life. Uh, Seven thousand that we know that we know just because they they share with us the information. You know, we have the letters, the phone calls, the messages, everything, WhatsApp, videos. But only God knows how many more, and I hope millions. Well, yes, brother, but uh, thank you for, for, for that, Jason. You made that happen. No, brother. You're a warrior and leader, and you've been just fighting for life from the beginning until the end in every single stage. So I, I admire you. You're a hero to me, and, and thank you for that. You're an inspiration, and you're a mentor to me as well, brother. No, Eduardo, let me tell you, thank you for that. But whenever I tell there's this is the truth, and you know it, there were so many temptations there's i tell people ease movies are not a shortcut it's no easy way to to promote life or our faith or our values it's very hard and 
Those 7,000 lives, the, uh, the seeds were sown, and those years and years you went without working. They were, those seeds were sown when you turned down those jobs that could have taken your career in a, in a completely different direction. When you had to almost decide to live in your car, you know, going from being famous and wealthy since you were a teenager to choosing to have to live in your car. So that's that, that you taught me a lesson, Eduardo, which is it's okay to suffer and sacrifice. You know, the fruit, you were, we're, just, we're just plowing the fields. And there, were a lot of, there was a lot of plowing that had to be done for that little seed, Bella, to grow. And, you know, it inspired so many other filmmakers. You got you and the rest of the Amigos, Alejandro and Leo, you inspired so many people. There's really about a movie a year, I think, that comes out that's inspired by Bella. And so and I want to thank you for, I haven't asked you to do anything that you've said no to. Sudan, let's go. Iraq, you basically, I don't know if I can talk about it, you know, uh, we were going to, yeah. can we tell, we yeah. were going to premiere, we were going to premiere Little Boy in Iraq in, uh, to refugees, but we were, um, you can, I don't know if we can tell the story, but it was. Uh, no, no, the best story is what happened in Iran, brother. That, that, I will never forget that one. Oh, in Iraq? No, in, in I'm, I'm sorry, no, 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 hold on a second. I, there's so many stories. No, no. The best one, the best one is in Darfur, <laughs> in Sudan. Yeah, that was, brother, that you came there, and your presence there meant so much to people. Um, and then the organization we were there to support rate was able to raise so much money for Wells because of your courage to come and Stu Epperson Jr. from Truth Talk Radio um, I just thank you for your courage and never say no. Eduardo, I call you. You want to go to prison with me? Okay, let's go. We go to death row. You're there, you know. And that was Actually, an- brother, let me tell you, let me tell you something, Jason. That uh that experience, and I want to thank you for that experience because you have no idea. Uh because I, I don't think I even share this with you, uh what what is happening after after me visiting. Um, those nine women, actually, we visited many women, but those nine women at that time, uh, when you told me, remember, you called me and you said, Eduardo, what are you doing in Valentine's Day, uh, February 14th? <laughs> and then, of course, you know, I'm single. I said, I don't know, but I'm going to send flowers to my mother. Okay, besides that, you want to you wanna visit some, uh, you know, uh, beautiful people in, in Texas that I think uh, it's going to be amazing to spend that day with them in this, uh, in this prison. Uh, there's three categories of prison, but we're going to visit, um, how do you say, uh, dead, dead road? Death row. Dead road. And I said, oh my gosh. I mean, because you, you, because you asked me, how, have you ever visited uh, prisons? I said, well, I have, I have visited a few prisons, and, and, uh, and actually, I, uh, you know, teenagers and young adults, and this, you know, women, yes, women too. I have visited like a few times, you know, prison. Have you ever visited dead road? And I said, no. Okay, you want to come with me that day? And I say, yes. I remember I said, but what, what am I going to say? So what, whatever is in your heart. And I remember when you and I went there, brother, it was like one of the most powerful moments in my life because when I, 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 won't, I, won't, say, I won't say the name, but you know who, when, when, when they told me, okay, you're going to talk to her, this lady right there. And when I was facing her, I saw my sister behind the bars. I, I I started like crying. I felt guilty as a man for for 
you know, every women who were there, I, I just, I saw, I saw a person, I saw, I saw my sister, I saw my mother, I saw my daughter. It was very, it was very unique experience. And, and I was very nervous. And I shared the truth to her. I said, listen, uh, my friend Jason invited me to come here and to talk to you, but I'm going to tell you the truth. I am very nervous and I don't know what to say. And she laughed. <laughs> and then she started asking me questions, you know, like, well, what do you think, why do you think it's important for you to come here? And, and you know, what's your name and where are you from? And next thing you know, she started interviewing me. So it was like very cool because it, it broke the ice and it made me feel a little more comfortable. And after 10 minutes, I said, you know what? Uh, I, I know, I, I, I think I know why I came here now. Uh, I'm going to share with you a little bit of my story. I grew up in a Latino macho culture. I, I grew up thinking that, thinking that the real man was the Latin lover, Casanova, playboy, you know, producer. The more women, the better, you know, uh, more masculine, more successful. Your friends will look up, will look up to you and, wow, this guy is a Latin lover, you know. I mean, he has many girlfriends and this and that. And because our culture sometimes tells you that, that this is the way how you should live, you know, the more women, the better. And I bought Wait, the flag. Eduardo, when you and I were young men, we thought by being promiscuous, we were being good men. That's what we were supposed to be. We were doing what we yeah. thought we should be doing to be good men. If you do the opposite, you were, you know, you were missing the point. You're like, you're, you're stupid. So we bought the lie. We followed the lie. And we were, I was, I was, I was a master in that lie until, so I said all this to her. I shared this all to her. I, I, I told her the truth. And I said, you know what? I, I use women as subjects. And I hurt many women. Uh, and I lied to them, and I cheated on all my girlfriends, and I was a monster at that time. And uh, and and then I met my English teacher, Jasmine, and she asked me a few questions. She said, Eduardo, when I was 28, she said, would you like to marry one day? And I said, yes. And I'm sharing all this to, to this lady, right, behind the bar. And I said to Jasmine, my English teacher, um, yes, I would, like, I, would like, I would love to marry. Would you like to have a daughter one day? And I said, yes. And then she said to me, what kind of a man you would like your daughter to meet so she can like raise a family, form a family? And I said, for my daughter? I said, yes, well, I want the best man in the world. Someone like will die for her. Someone that will put her in a pedestal like a diamond, treat her like a queen, make her laugh, help her, love her, loyal to her, faithful to her. I mean, I describe this holy, perfect man, like a saint. And, and, and this, Ladies looking at my eyes and she said, are you that man? And I said, uh, what do you mean? What, what do you mean? Are you the man that you just described? So, well, there, there's things here. No, no, no. The whole package. And I said, no, I, I am not that man. Why do you want a man like that for your future daughter when you are not that man for the daughter of someone else? And then she left. Brother, she, she kills me. So after that, I understood that uh, the real man is not the one who uses women as an object, but the one who respects the dignity of a woman and treat every woman, treat every woman the same way how he would love his mother, his daughter to be treated. And I understood exactly, uh, you know, what sex is for, why sex is sacred. And all this I shared to this lady because I, I repent after this conversation with, uh, with my English teacher so I'm sharing all this story to this lady behind the bars, and I said, uh, I'm very sorry for what I did, and I asked God to forgive me, and I promised God that from that day, I was going to treat every woman in my life the same way how I would love my mother to be treated. And the only reason why I'm sharing this with you is because I know that you have been hurt by men. I know that your heart is wounded. 
I know that many men in your life hurt you because I heard your story. And, 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 and I wanted to share my story to you because I, I repent of what I did. And for yeah. the last three years, I've been living a different lifestyle. So I want to tell you something right now. I got in my knee, Jason. Oh, I was there, right brother. There. I walked you away were, to give you guys privacy. When I saw you got to his knees, you were, I thought you were it's Eduardo proposing to her. What's going on? You were, you were next to me, I remember. Yeah. I got in my knees, and I said, please get closer. I hold her hands between the bars, and I look at her eyes. And with tears in my eyes, I said, in the name of all men, I want to apologize. Please forgive me. Please forgive me. And I have never, never seen a woman crying like I, I did see her crying that day. She repeated like 20 times, I forgive you, I forgive you, I yes. forgive you. And I, I, I know that she didn't see my face anymore. I think she saw every single man that hurt her in her life and never apologized. It was a beautiful uh, exchange of uh, forgiveness and healing and we pray. And I asked her to pray for every man in the world so we can all treat every woman as we want our mothers to be treated. And after that experience that changed my life and marked my heart, every single time that I share, uh, that, I, that I'm invited to talk in front of many women, I always share the story and I take advantage of that opportunity to get in my knees and I and, and share and ask and tell them the same. You know, if any of you here have been hurt, actually, let me just do it right now. If you, there's women listening to this to this uh, interview right now, if you, any of you, maybe there is one, maybe two, maybe more than one, and more than two, that are listening to us right now. Women, we've heard because yeah. you know they they follow. They oh, what's Jason doing? What's Eduardo doing? So women, we've heard probably are listening. Yeah. I'm sorry, I lost you. No, there could be women that you and I have actually heard listening, right? Because they, people, yeah. what's my ex-boyfriend Eduardo doing or Jason doing? Well, there you go. Is there any yeah. women here that have been hurt by any man and you still have wounds in your heart that have not been healed yet? Jason and I want to share, uh, want to tell you something right now. Jason and I, and in the name of every man in the world, we want to apologize. Please forgive us. Please forgive us, and I ask God right now to please give us the graces that we need so we can forgive and be free. And I ask you, women, sisters, to pray for every man, to pray for Jason and for me and every man in the world so we can learn how to become the man that God, us, that God wants us to be. Thank you. Thank you, Eduardo. That was... Thank you for sharing that. That's one of those experiences that you I have in my mind that I don't get to share a lot because we've done so much together. But to just watch you when you were apologizing to her and then later the guards were nice enough to let the girls out. Do you remember at the cell? And then they we yeah. got to talk to them in the break room. And, um, and then, I don't know if you want to talk about this, we ran into somebody who murdered your friend that we didn't expect to see. It was very strange. Do we not want to talk about that? Jason, can we put pause one second? Someone is knocking at the door right now. Yeah, well, I'll keep and talking. Just, okay. You check the door. We'll keep it going. Okay, because, I mean, you're recording. Hey, this, no, this is a podcast. You just go check the door, and we'll keep talking. Okay. <laughs> I'm so, sorry. I'm locked down, and someone is knocking the door. I'm going to see who it is, All and right. we'll continue. You, 
this is how a lot of movies start, by the way, guys. This is how a lot of thrillers start. (laughs) This could be like one of those, you know, Jason Bourne. So, you know, I was glad Eduardo shared that because um, there's so many things that I get to do with my work around the world that you don't talk about because there's someone else's story, they're private, they're personal. But when Eduardo apologized to her and this young woman was victim of human sex trafficking at the age of nine and had been exploited as a child and into adulthood. Then she murdered a John who hit her over the head with a vase. And, um, and I guess in Texas, when you commit murder, well, in engaging in another felony, it's automatic death penalty. By the time Eduardo and I met her, you would have thought she was a senator's wife. She was so graceful, so dignified. She'd been in that cell at that point for 17 years. She said for the first 10 years, she was just angry at God and everyone. But then something happened after 10 years, and she became a Christian. And what Eduardo doesn't know, and I'll tell he won't know unless he listens to the show, the reason I invited Eduardo then is Governor Perry uh, was Governor, Rick Perry was Governor of Texas. He was good friends with Eduardo. So I was playing a game of chess. I'm like, I'm going to invite Eduardo there so that if, and if these women go up for execution, Eduardo's their friend, and then Eduardo is their friend, and he's friends with the governor, and Eduardo can make a call on their behalf for a stay. So that's sort of what I was up to. Eduardo didn't know that. And our work in Movie to Movement every, uh, every Valentine's Day we do what we call an Imago Day mission. We do some sort of project that tells the truth about the incomparable dignity and beauty of the human person to vulnerable communities. And we do it all over the world where people use our image of God bags that say, I made the image of God. And then we, we have students write uh, Valentine's Day cards to, um, they write Valentine's Day cards to the, our neighbors without homes. And we, we put them in those bags. And Eduardo has done that with us too. So uh, to have Eduardo come with us to Texas, and I mean, I gave him like a few days notice. We were actually going there to raise, um, we were looking to raise money for little boy. So I, I said, okay, if, if we're going to be in Dallas, we're going to be in Houston, and uh, maybe we can get there a couple of days early and make the drive down to the prison, and then we'll, we'll already be in Texas for the, um, for the, uh, for, you know, for our um, investors meeting. While we're waiting for Eduardo, I want Jason to... Jones. Eduardo. Okay. I was, I, talking, I was talking about you behind your back. I was just about to do a pitch. Go give us five stars and rate and review this podcast while we're at it. So, Eduardo, what I was telling them, I should probably tell you, I was telling them while you were away, and I was afraid, you know, this was going to be like a Jason Bourne movie. And, uh, but I was telling them that... Uh, I, wa- I knew you were friends with Governor Perry, so I thought if I could bring you down there to become friends with these women, that you could, if the time, if it was needed, you could make a call on their behalf to your friend Rick Perry. That was my strategic thinking there, Eduardo. That's why I invited you. And I, and I did. And you did. You know, people don't know, yes, you did that. You did do that. And she's still alive. Praise Jesus. Thanks be to God. Praise Jesus. And these are things we normally don't get to tell people. And um, all those beautiful experiences. When you got off that plane in Darfur, I never thought you were going to come. 
And that, that was a tremendous experience. Our friend Brad Phillips, we need to get him on the podcast because he's still working away, you know. Well, no, we need to we need to go uh, we need to go there and visit him again, brother. I mean, this is, uh, the work the work that he's doing over there is just amazing. I mean, the, the, this is the thing, but there are so many heroes out there that nobody knows that because of them, this world still you know functioning. And one of them is Brad. Yeah, Brad Phillips of the Persecution Project, or or the folks that were a part of that prison ministry that you and I went to, but they did the hard work day in and day out, and it's not easy. It's really challenging. And they're the heroes, man. They're, they're, the, heroes. they're the heroes. Yeah. I'm telling you, they, 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 they are. I mean, uh, it makes makes our life easy because they they did all the hard work, all the permits, all the. I mean, we just got there that day. And, uh, and and I, I'm a, we all compliment, of course. You know, some uh, you do what you need to do. I do what I what I can do, and some some others. But uh, but I just want to make I just want to make sure that uh, we uh, celebrate uh, the unknown heroes, heroes in the shadow. I don't know if that makes sense, but uh, they 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 don't have a cape. They're not fiction heroes. They're real heroes with you know with uh, that are dying and, and 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 for for others because of love because of love of God and love for the other person. And they don't care to risk their lives. They don't care to uh, sacrifice whatever they have to sacrifice because they're always thinking in the other person as, as, as their brothers, as their sisters. And, and this is very, I mean, for me, it's such an inspiration. I mean, friendship, as you know, Jason, friendship is like an elevator. Either your friends bring you up or they bring you down. Tell, tell me who you hang out, I'll tell you who you are. It's very important to hang out with people who help you to, um, to bring the best out of you, to inspire you to be a hero. We're all called to be heroes. We're all called, this world needs heroes more than, you know, more than ever. So don't wait for heroes when you can become one. Amen. And brother, you are my hero. And I always tell people, you know, there's a saying, don't work with your heroes. You'll be, it'll, you'll be disappointed. But, you know, you're my hero. And the more I get to know you, uh, the more I'm imp- impressed and in awe of you. And uh, you're a beautiful friend. You're a great man. And I want everyone, I know it's late there, and my wife's, we're going to have a dinner party tonight because there's a lot of lonely folks. Now the lockdown's lifting here in Hawaii. We invited people that have been kind of trapped in their house without a big family over. Um, But, Eduardo, can you talk about, uh, I want you to give the website. I want to make sure, and we're going to have you back on to talk about the movie, your new movie coming out. Oh, yeah, you need to promise promise me one thing, brother. I'm dying to go to Hawaii. You need to invite me to Hawaii. We need to do something in Hawaii. I've been there uh, two, three times. I, I love it, but I, I, it's never enough. It's never enough of Hawaii, you know? So you need to tell me, uh, you know, hopefully when this uh, opens and hopefully soon, um, we need to do something special in Hawaii, brother, okay? And I want this to be recorded. So No, so you're coming. Your, your work. <laughs> your no, work you're coming, brother. <laughs> no, it's done deal. You know, how when Alejandro and his mom came here, it was a beautiful experience. And it's my turn now. My turn now. It's your turn. You're coming. Yeah. And, so as, uh, soon as, as soon as this, this thing opened, uh, the first, I, uh, one of the first trips I want to do is I want to go to Hawaii. Okay. How, how's this dad. for a promise? That when freedom comes to theaters, Hawaii will be the number one market in the United States. Honolulu will be the number one market. We're going to make it a big deal. And if I can deliver on that, you got to come here. And be a part of all of our festivities around the film. You know, we were, I think, the number one market for Little Boy. 
Yeah. No, totally. I mean, that, that's done. But I want to I wanna go there even before that, brother. Well, let's get you here. Uh, that's like, that's, that's, already, that's already like done. But even before that, we need to plan something uh, cool and special and, you know, with the, pur- with the purpose, you know. We'll, we'll, we'll find out. We'll talk about what is what we can do there. But uh, definitely, I wanna, I'm dying to go there to visit you and your family and, and the people there. And, uh, and yeah, brother. So, well, um, thank you so much for this interview. It's always amazing talking to you. I don't feel like this is an interview. I just feel like this is a conversation with a brother, which I think is better. And, uh, and you know, greetings from Mexico City. Um, and everyone a big hug. I love you, everyone, and pray for each one of you. I don't know your names, but God knows who is listening to me right now. And in my daily intentions, in my daily rosary, and in my daily mass, and my daily prayers, uh, you will be in my intentions, and I'm going to ask God to help each one of you to become the sons and the daughters He wants you to be, so you can become, so you can become the best of you in every level in uh, in all your areas and uh and you pray for me please that i can be faithful to that every day for the rest of my life and to understand what mother Teresa said when she said we are not called to be successful we are called to be faithful to god that is our success now if by being faithful to god now if by being faithful to god success comes is a blessing thanks be to god let's let's use that success uh, um, to make the world a better place. But if it doesn't come, don't compromise. Don't compromise your body. Don't compromise your integrity. Don't compromise your love for God. Because at the end of the day, the only thing that matters is how much you love God in your everyday and in your every actions. Um, so I hope to be with you again in the second chapter of a conversation with Jason Jones, between brothers. And in the meantime, I invite everyone to pray with me and hopefully with 1 million people, 1 million rosaries on May 31st, 1 o'clock Mexico City time on my Facebook, Eduardo Verastegui. Eduardo Verastegui. In my Facebook, the official Facebook, maybe you can... Uh, yeah, I'll put uh, it well, in the show it, notes. Eduardo, well, well, I'll email, I'm going to email our list. Um, and a lot of these people have been with us since Bella, the movie to movement list. And I will, I'll put it up on all our social media and I will put it in our show notes. Uh, thank and in you. our next uh, chapter, Jason, in our, our next chapter, we will talk about Son of Freedom, which is the uh, our next movie, which actually is going to be finished this Friday. Uh, I'll send you a link so you can watch it with your family in Hawaii. Um, and this movie is the true story of Kim Ballard, um, ex-Homeland um, Security agent, who put together an amazing dream team of the best ex-Navy SEALs of the U.S., and they travel around the world undercover rescuing children that are kidnapped for sexual exploitation. The movie is called Sound of Freedom, and it's based on their first on their first rescue mission that took place in Cartagena, Colombia, many years ago, when they rescue many children. And it's an epic movie full of action, you know, uh, suspense, and uh, it's a powerful film. It's a true story. It's about a hero who risks everything to save these children. And at the end, these children are crying and they are singing, tears in their eyes. We, Eduardo, what it's, called, of freedom. it's a beautiful film and I think we need to go back to death row in Texas and share it with our friends because I think it, it's going to resonate with them. It's going to be very personal oh, to them. Uh, totally, brother. Totally. This movie is going to save many, many millions of children, Jason. As you know, there's more than 70 million children around the world, boys and girls from 1 to 12, kidnapped for sexual exploitation. We need to end this nightmare. And we will do it if we all come together 
with the movie, with your foundation, with your, with everything you have in your hands. We need to put together whatever is in, your, is in our hands to end this nightmare because God's children are not for sale. God bless you, brother. I love you. Pray for you. Pray for me. Give your family my best, Eduardo. Gracias, hermano. All right. God bless you, brother. That is Viva be- Mexico. Que viva. <laughs> that is my brother, Eduardo Verastegui. And he was right. This was a conversation among friends. And I, when I started this podcast, my friends are my heroes. And I have the most beautiful friends in the world. And I started this podcast with the goal of sharing my friends with the world. And Eduardo is one of those friends I am privileged to share with you. Catholic or not, join him on his Facebook page, May 31st. It's actually, we didn't even talk about it. Their goal is to break the Guinness Book of World Records for the biggest uh, online prayer group and, or, or people praying together in the history of the world ever, I think, is what they're going for. I'm going to put that in the show notes. Make sure you join Eduardo and the millions of people around the world praying for COVID. I'm going to ask them to do a follow-up one, praying for famine, praying for those who are suffering food insecurity. I think that might be the next one I'm going to ask Eduardo to do. This episode has been brought to you by Movie to Movement, promoting a culture of life, love, and beauty through the power of film. Go to movietomovement.com. Check out our new movie coming to theaters everywhere when there are theaters again, uh, Divided Hearts of America, starring Benjamin Watson. And we're also brought to you by The Vulnerable People Project, advancing the interests of the vulnerable from the child in the womb to that uh, child in Chinese-occupied East Turkestan. A lot of the work we do, people don't know about, like bringing movie stars to death row to lobby senator, uh, governors. And uh, that was just a little glimpse of the work that we do uh, to defend the vulnerable. So until... My wife's going to kill me because there's a dinner party going on in my house right now that I'm supposed to be helping with. And this is the only time we could get Eduardo in. So I'm going to get to helping my wife with the dinner party. So until tomorrow... Aloha. This has been the Jason Jones Show, powered by Mudhouse Media. Oh, 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 oh,